What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. Welcome to Right and Wrong. This is the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always over there is producer Juice, the truth box, ladies and gentlemen, holding things down. Kid's the best producer east of the Mississippi River, and uh, he might have a couple of words for us. So what do you have to say to the Right and Wrong audience today, my friend Juice? Maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who... Who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? <laughs> it absolutely rings true, my friend. There's a ton of those uh, zombies. It's almost like the walking dead worth of Democrats out there, zombieing around, following orders blindly. It's so true. I love it. Keep up the good work, my man. Well, today's show is jam-packed, as always. Last week, we did have to uh, skip a week, so sorry out there, Miss Verno. I know that always disappoints you, but um, we had a little strep throat situation run through the Ruka household. Everybody um, was was hurting all week last week. You guys wouldn't have wanted to hear me at all. Couldn't really uh, come to perform, so sorry to keep you guys waiting on this, but you know we'll definitely definitely handle some good topics for everybody today. We will dive into a story out there in Idaho where a friend of the show, Mr. Brian Festa from We the Patriots USA, spoke out at a school board meeting about the transgender nonsense even reaching a nice red state in the middle of the country like that. We'll also stop off in New Jersey and uh, talk about a story where a Republican city council member was shot down dead outside our home. And uh, surprise, surprise, the media uh, barely wants to cover this one. And we'll also pop up to uh, Minnesota, where we'll talk about the uh, new law that they just put in, pretty much allowing abortion on demand up to the moment of birth. So we'll handle that story as well. And then in the Come On Man segment, we will talk about that disgusting, disgusting display that we were all forced to at least see something about by now at the uh, Grammy Awards on Sunday night. So stick around. We're going to have a lot to say this week. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to get right down to it. So I think I hear him in the background already. Might be warming up the vocal cords. And yes, I think it is. Yep. Yep. It's that time. That's our friend over there, Mr. Ric Flair, because it is showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! Woo! We talk a lot on this show about the growing amount of moral and ethical corruption out there in the world that we live in. These types of stories that we'll be covering today are going to be immoral and unethical, to say the least. I'll be honest, my blood was boiling while prepping for this week. The left, the global elites, and the overall general pop culture in the world has fully evolved into a radical group of secular extremists. As secularism continues to become more extreme, a large amount of the population hasn't noticed or hasn't cared to open their eyes and realize what's actually going on. Jesus called on his followers to be a shining light on a hill for others to see and follow. We are that light, but our fire grows dim. Our lights may be on, but we're certainly not at the top of that hill. 
I think people have been fooled into believing that it's impolite to be vocal about God and religion in everyday normal conversation. I'm not trying to escape responsibility, because for most of my life I've fallen into this same group. But we remain silent in faith, or more accurately, open about our faith within the settings that our secular leaders have deemed appropriate for us to be religious in. Moments like the hour or two blocked off on Sundays for us to pray, to attend church, to gather as a community. Or maybe a moment of fear like when a National Football League athlete collapses on primetime television and the world is reminded of how fragile our existence is. Meanwhile, our secular elitists are allowed to stand atop that same hill shining their lights while preaching about ridiculous woke religious causes. They're able to command that we all bow down to their false idols. We must don the LGBTQ plus flag on the jerseys of our sports teams. We must spray paint the slogan, end racism in the end zones of our football fields and along the sidelines of our basketball courts. We are forced to take part in moments of silence for career criminals like the secular St. George Floyd. We must sit back in silence as BLM, a group that explicitly calls for destruction of the nuclear family, encourages open rioting and looting across our country. We must sit back and remain silent as the secular religion of science and an environmentalism is continuously placed on a moral pedestal for all of us to see. All of these causes that the left is so vocal about and so focused on are replacements for finding a meaning in their life. All of these causes that the left is so vocal about and so focused on are replacements for finding a meaning in life. It seems pretty obvious to me. Abandon religion, you must replace that with something else. These secular extremists that I'm talking about have been allowed to shout their religious beliefs loud and proud for all to see while convincing the rest of us to remain silent about our true religious belief in God. Now, I understand why most people choose to remain quiet. Most of the time, it's easier to go along to get along. There's also a certain kind of comfort in having confidence in your own faith. It's like in that Seinfeld episode when Elaine realizes that Putty is religious. She asks him if it's a problem for him that she's not religious. He responds by saying, No, babe, not for me. I'm not the one going to hell. (laughs) And I know it's funny within the context of the show, but that mindset is not what Jesus calls for us to do. Jesus' teaching was considered radical because he preached that you being a good person was not enough. He calls us and challenges us to be more than that. Those of us who are religious and who have had that moment of clarity, we're tasked with being that shining light on top of that hill to show others that God is real and that God is there for you. And we need to get more comfortable advocating for the truth, for morality, for dignity, and we need to expect the same from our elected officials. We need to wake up and realize that secularism is in fact a religion, and it's becoming more extreme and more brazen. Keep that in mind as we talk about the stories we'll be covering today. And please, don't be afraid to speak up for what's right, because it's the only way that we can compete with what's wrong. So is it a problem that I'm not really religious? Not for me. Why not? I'm not the one going to hell. All right, let's jump right into the uh, rights and wrongs of the week here for you. And right off the bat, let's start with the um, story out of a school committee meeting in Caldwell, Idaho. Yeah, kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? Well, this one um, comes to us, and 
It kind of made the rounds on the Twitter machine a few weeks ago. I think it was like two weeks ago now, but you know, someone who I've worked with personally, who is going to take up the lawsuit for me against the Boston Public School, his name is Brian Festa, and he runs an organization called We the Patriots USA. You can find their website at wethepatriotsusa.org, and they run a good organization where they're looking to help people that um, feel like they have no control over a lot of this woke nonsense that's forced on them by the federal uh, government or state governments or whatever all across the country. But that's not the reason I'm bringing it up. I'm simply just trying to let you know that, uh, full disclosure, I do know Brian. Uh, I think he shares a similar viewpoint to a lot of us out there in the right and wrong audience. But he uh, spoke up here in this meeting, the audio we're going to play you, because it seems like it's hitting home for him just like it did for me, where he's dealing with the same nonsense at his uh, school's his kid's school, and he wanted to say something about it. And, you know, Brian's story feels similar to me where he recently moved from a northeast blue state out to the middle of the country like this in a red state, probably thought he'd never have to deal with any of this nonsense again. But lo and behold, here he is still having to stand up and talk up out about this type of stuff. So it just goes to show that you can't outrun the woke stuff that's out there. You can be in a red state all you want, but a lot of this stuff is... um ingrained in people that come through the school systems and come through the college ranks. And uh, it, it's a battle that we're in and we're going to have to continue to fight. We simply can't just move to another state and hope that this stuff goes away because it's it's all over the country. Might be more obvious in the blue states, but it's there in the red states as well. So I guess that's what I have to say about that. Let's turn this over and uh, see if Juice can pull that clip up for us and hear what uh what brian had to say when he addressed the school board meeting in caldwell idaho juice now here's the main problem that i have with this policy and i'm here speaking not to you as an attorney i'm here speaking to you as a parent of a student in the caldwell school district this policy seeks to uh, present a religion, a religious view that is in opposition to my family's religious viewpoints. We teach our children that a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl and that God created only two of them, male and female created he them. Okay, that is what we teach our children. But if you have a teacher so much as saying, never mind the bathroom or locker room issue, if you have a teacher so much as saying to Another student in the classroom, not my, my son even, another student, that that is a girl. We're going to call that boy by a girl's name and a girl's pronoun. What you are doing is you are now teaching him a religious belief that is in opposition to my own religious beliefs, my family's religious beliefs. Okay? Just as if you said to a student sitting next to my son that Jesus is not the son of God. That would not be allowed. That is an opposing religious belief. So this is a government-sponsored religion that is being imposed in the classroom. Even if it's not said directly to my son, if it is said in his presence, you are teaching him something that is the opposite of my family's religious beliefs. This policy violates the free exercise of religion clause of the First Amendment, as well as the establishment of religion clause of the First Amendment, and it also violates the free speech clause, not this policy, necessarily, but but policy number 4105, because you're seeking to further restrict the ability of these people to speak at your meetings 
there's a lot of things that are in that policy that violates the First Amendment. So thank you. Thank you for your input. We appreciate it. Damn right, Brian Festa. Great job. And I think AOC might have watched that clip. I wish you guys could have seen it, but Brian uh, tried to do a little little jam of the uh, lector, like a little flip of the hand at the end of it in disgust, too, just like AOC tried to dramatically do when she was talking out about um, her good squad member being taken off that um, foreign affairs committee that she was a part of. So anyways, um, I think Brian made a great, great point when he um, when he talked about how it's not enough to just say you do you man and and you know I'll do me you do you and and let's just all be happy and and do our own thing that's simply not enough because inevitably his son is still forced to be in that same classroom where he's being taught trans ideology even if he's not being directly taught it he's sitting there next to another boy who's being called a girl in a girl name when he knows that that's not true that's not what is is god's intention that's just simply a lie and that does more harm and confusion confusion to all of these kids out there and religious families have every right in the world to, to say they do not want to be forced to be in the same classroom as that nonsense because that's what it is so i'm glad people like brian are speaking up and using his power as an attorney and the organization that he runs to help prevent that type of stuff from continuing to be within our public classrooms so good job mr brian festa next boys are boys from the beginning if you were born a boy you stay a boy girls are girls right from the start if you were born a girl you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady whoa all right, this next story is going to be from New Jersey, where um, a city councilor by the name of Unsi Dumfor um, is a Republican Christian counselor, and she was found dead outside of her home last week in her car, right there, shot dead. You might have heard about it. I know, you know, this was, you know, moderately reported, but the part that I would like to focus on, because believe me, I'm not an expert when it comes to this stuff. I'm a guy talking on a microphone just trying to make sense of this crazy world. You guys know that. So I don't know the details of this case. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't even know who this person is. I just found out about it, you know, last week when this happened. But what I do know is if this person, who's a black female, was a Democrat instead of a Republican, this story would have been a national news story, not just a local news cycle you know, 15 minutes of fame almost, and it moves on on to the next story. This thing would have been non-stop coverage. And instead, it just gets a blurb. It's, you know, mentioned and forgotten about just as quickly. And that's because she's a strong Christian and she's a Republican. So she does not fit the victim category that the Democrats love to play. And that's a sad thing. It's ridiculous. And another thing, the police are coming out saying... This does not appear to be politically motivated. And again, that very well might be true. I don't know that. But what I do know, and what you know, is if she was a Democrat, it would have been right-wing extremist kills Democrat congresswoman. Violent online rhetoric causes Democrat congresswoman to be shut down outside her house. You know it's true. They wouldn't have needed the police to give them a motive or a suspect or a cause. They would have created one and they would have shoved it down your throats nonstop. 
Instead, they can't frame it that way. It doesn't fit that narrative, so it's in and out of the news cycle. When you do hear comments from it, the governor from New Jersey has to call it a senseless act of gun violence. Of course, it's gun violence's fault, right? That's the way they can frame it into their argument. So, you know, it's a Republican, black female Republican who dies. That doesn't really, you know, do them any favors. That's not doing anything. But, oh, you know what? Oh, I got it. Let's say senseless gun violence. That's the cause. That's the reason. So the reason I wanted to touch on the story, again, I don't know the details. I can't stress that enough. I do know that some of the reports coming out are saying that now the media is being denied access to anything. They're asking for body cam footage. They're asking for, you know, 911 calls, that type of stuff. And they're just getting the runaround by the police. Seems to me that every time a, you know, quote, unarmed black male gets killed by the police, that footage is out right away, circulating all over the Internet. Hmm. Makes you think, right? There's definitely a class structure system in this country, and it simply breaks down by political ideology. If you're on the left, you're in the special section, you're in the special class. They have their own rankings within that class, too, but that's the number one thing. If you're a Republican, second-class citizen. Unless you're one of those useful, squishy, Mitt Romney type of Republicans who, you know, Republican in name only just to appear like we have two sides of the aisle here. Well, I guess that's all I have to say on that one, because you guys know it just as well as I. If that was reversed, if there was a D instead of an R, this would have been a totally different story. Next! And that's the truth. So let's go up north for this one, and, um, you know... Remember what we talked about in the opening monologue there and, you know, being that shining light on a hill for others to see, because this one is tough. I got to be honest. It's just makes my stomach turn. But um, about a week ago, you know, maybe a week and a half now in Minnesota, they codified it into law, state law, that it is now a right for someone to seek and gain an abortion for any reason, without restrictions, up to the moment of birth. Wow. Why don't you guys stop and think about that for a minute? Any reason, no restrictions, up to the moment of birth. Nine months, eight months pregnant, don't feel like having the baby anymore. Abortion's on the table in Minnesota. That's less restrictive than pretty much the rest of the world. For everybody in Europe, these European countries that want to look at America and try and judge us and say how terrible um, we are for for overturning the, um, you know, with the Dobbs decision back in June, overturning the abortion on-demand nonsense in this country, all the European countries have restrictions. They got like 12-week restrictions, stuff like that. There's something in place. No civilized place I know of that's not communist run has abortion up to the moment of birth. And Minnesota just voted to codify that into their state law. And it passed on a vote of 34 to 33. All 34 in favor of Democrats, all 33 opposed to Republicans. Again, you don't have to be a political person to see which side of the aisle you want to be on there. Honestly. And the Republicans that opposed it, they put offers on the table, amendments to the to the legislation 
to try to come up with a compromise, try to work with them at least on something with, you know, some sort of restrictions, limits, timelines, all that type of stuff. The Democrats, nope, no way, not happening. Now you tell me which side are the extremists. You tell me which side are demonic. That's human sacrifice on the altar of secularism right there. They're willing to to sacrifice human babies, little human babies, all for this nonsense woke propaganda that, that they feed you. Now, this same body, they're also working to remove requirements for parental consent to perform an abortion for children that are underage. At the same time, they're trying to also remove the obligation of the doctor to try and save the life of the baby when the abortion attempt fails and that baby is delivered alive. Again, think about that. Imagine making that decision, being a doctor who's supposed to take the oath to do no harm. You perform an operation to kill a baby while it's in the womb of that of its mother. It doesn't go as you planned it. The baby is born alive still. They want to make it okay for that doctor to put that baby off to the side and not try to help it. That's unthinkable. Now, I understand that's some some heavy stuff. It's stuff we don't want to think about. It, it, I just said it's unthinkable. Unthinkable. But it's reality, and we need to face it, and we need to speak up about it. How many people you think know about that? How many people you think even get to that point when they have the discussion about abortion? They don't because the people that are pro-abortion, that advocate on that part, they're never faced with any opposition. They're never faced with any legitimate opposition. You know, you're not going to have a rational conversation with someone when you're out there on the street, you know, protesting at the March for Life or at the Women's March or any of these things. You're not going to have a sane conversation with any of those people. I'm talking about maybe having these types of conversations when you're at a family party, when you're chatting with a friend, when you're hanging out. Why not? That's like heinous people. That That's pretty important. And I'm not saying you have to go to blows with people over this stuff, but if you're friends with someone, if you're, you know, a relative of someone, you should be able to have a sane, rational conversation and, you know, engage in it with some mutual respect. And I guarantee you there's a ton of people that don't even realize that. Most people that I've come across that are in favor of abortion are in favor of it up to a certain point. So I don't think there's much taste out there, appetite out there for abortions being performed at eight, nine months of pregnancy. So. I think we can start by that. There's some sort of weak limit restriction that people would would be in favor of. Now, me, the next step there is, okay, well, if you believe it's okay to do it up until 12 weeks, why is it wrong after 12? And kind of curious to see what people say there. I mean, just because it it has grown more makes it a different life. Like to me, that doesn't hold water once you actually think that out and talk about that with somebody, but that's neither here nor there in this situation. I was just hoping to talk about this one because I bet you a lot of people don't even realize that this just happened in Minnesota. So hopefully you guys know now, and I know we're not a huge audience out there yet, but you know, pass that along, please, because that is some disgusting, disgusting stuff. And again, the, the, I keep going back to it and we're about to shift over into it with the next subject, uh, but demonic to say the least. And if you don't believe that the devil is real, 
you're not opening your eyes. So it's time to wake up and, and start realizing this stuff and start getting comfortable, at least trying to challenge it a little bit more. All right. Well, that'll do it for the rights and wrongs of the week. What a perfect segue. You know, I just alluded to there with that last story. Um, and that's going to work perfectly for the come on man segment of the day, which is coming up next. So stick around for that. And please, please, please do not forget to subscribe to this show. Give us a five-star review on there and uh, give us a like, you know, maybe share it with a friend as well. That would really, really help. So we appreciate that. Next. So is infanticide okay? All right, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it is that time for the show where we get to have a little bit of fun, make fun of some ridiculous woke nonsense, and uh, wrap it all up with a big old fat classic. Come on, man. So unless you've had your head buried in the sand for the past week, there's no doubt that you're aware of that god-awful performance of devil worship that took place at the Grammy Awards on Sunday night, right? I'm sure you guys have all seen this by now. Well, if you haven't, then... You're lucky, so thankfully, <laughs> you're you're good. Well, um, you know, but if you have, you already know that I'm talking about this uh, extremely untalented, overweight Sam Smith and the equally untalented and XY chromosomed Kim Petrus. Now, 30 years ago, these two tools would have been living in their parents' basements, but today they're being praised uh, by the liberal establishment for being courageous and inspiring. So these nitwits won an award, and uh, they did a live performance of their song titled Unholy. Here's a little sample of what that song sounds like. Hold on, give me a minute here, Juice. I uh, got to insert my earplugs, okay? All right, I'm good now. Go ahead, go ahead. You can play it. I'm good. Come on, cut that off. Ouch. That stuff is doing, uh, that song, they're doing everything in their power to avoid letting us hear the natural voices of the artists, quote, singing in there. It's all just manipulated, nonsense, cringeworthy stuff. Ugh. And whoever wrote these lyrics, because, you know, these two lowlifes didn't write them, they must be a lyrical genius. Listen to these things. Who, who else could have come up with something like this, right? Mommy don't know daddy's getting hot at the body shop doing something unholy. He sat back while she's dropping it. She be popping it. Yeah, she's put it down slowly. Woo! Great work. What? Wow. What great lyrics. Now try and picture this as that song's playing and you're hearing that, you know, those god-awful lyrics. Now, this Sam Smith who... You know, I guess he's slightly overweight, definitely out of shape, slobby, white male, dressed in all red, with a red top hat complete with the old devil horns on top of it. Now, this no-talent ass clown is singing this garbage surrounded by people all dressed like little demons bowing and worshiping him as he's doing it. When it gets to that Kim Don't Call Me Tim Petrus part, you can see Petrus performing while locked in a cage on the stage. All the freaks on stage were looking completely possessed while performing. 
It was just horrible. <laughs> and that was broadcast on regular local television. That was, I believe, ABC. WNBC. Sorry, I should have had that info for us ready, but right there on your regular local channel. Not like cable network, not, you know, something you'd, you'd have to pay for. That devil worship satanic ritual was performed live on national television. Now, I realize most of you out there probably could, you know, care less about the Grammys. Me too. But people actually watch that stuff. That stuff influences, you know, the younger generation. People, people, you know, high school, in their 20s, just weird liberal woke people watch that type of stuff. And that's the message that they're receiving. The whole thing was disgusting and embarrassing. It was a display of complete Satan worship right there. For those of you out there who don't think that religion is under attack, you need to open your damn eyes already because it's there. Amen. Wake up and look at how blatantly obvious these people are making it. But don't worry. Don't worry. At the end of that clip, too, when they went to commercial, popped up on screen that the Grammys were sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. And, of course, the most genius doctor that ever lived, Dr. Jill Biden, was also on hand supporting that show, making a speech or a presentation of some nonsense. The Bogodas. So that show is culturally relevant. There's people in, of importance and in powerful positions involved there. Big money, big pharma sponsoring the event. Now, why don't we dig a little deeper into these two talentless hacks that have clearly sold their souls to Satan for that 15 minutes of fame that they're getting? Smith, he's just a small fish in a big pond of mediocre pop artists trying to capture the attention of 15-year-olds across the globe. How does he stand out as a boring, generic, just regular old white male? Well, he comes out as gay, of course. He did that a few years back, so that didn't really quite work, though, because, you know, everybody's gay already, especially in the music industry, so didn't really make him unique. What does Sam do next to grab the attention while he's trying to climb the ladder of marginalized victim group status. You guessed it, Smith's not just gay anymore, he's also non-binary. Hooray for him. And to top it off, he's also declared himself as a feminist. So, there's that. Who is Kim Petrus? Kim Petrus started out as Tim Petrus and had gen gender-denying surgery at the ripe old age of 16 in order to appear to be a woman instead of learning to love and accept himself in his own body the way God intended him to live. Petrus and his unholy parents, see what I did there, advocated to successfully receive a waiver from their government to have this mutilating surgery performed at 16 rather than the unrestricted ability they would have had to do it at the age of 18 when he would have become an adult. Now, when accepting the award for this song, Petrus had this to say. Juice, you got that one? Oh my God, thank you so much. Um, crazy, Sam, I love you so much. And this song has been such an incredible, incredible journey for me. And Sam has been a supporter of mine for so long. Um, Sam graciously wanted me to accept this award because I'm the first uh, transgender woman to win this award. <laughs> and, and I'm so... Thank you. Um, and I just want to thank um, all the incredible 
transgender legends before me who kicked these doors open for me so I could be here tonight. Um, all right, that, that'll do it from, from that one. Um, all these one percenters in the front, they gave Tim a standing ovation for that line about being the first transgender winner. You have Taylor Swift sitting there looking like on the verge of tears and, and looking on so proud up there of this transgender woman winning this award. These people are just pathetic. Maybe that's why Affleck looked so miserable. He was surrounded by this nonsense all night long. So now that we're all up to speed and we know who these people are and what they just did, why don't we play you this clip that we have um, from the interview right after the show. Uh, and this was a clip from Kim, don't call me Tim Petrus, talking to the media. And it was like kind of like one of those red carpet things um, that that whatever they had set up for the for the people who won awards. So, Juice, you got that one, too? Um, well, that performance was hot. It was amazing. Tell me a little bit about what went behind it, what the inspiration was, and how did it come together? Okay. Um, it was literally hot. There was so much fire. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, all right. Stop, stop, stop. Sorry. I know. I, I know we just started, and uh, you guys can't actually see this clip, but Petrus, like I said, standing at the red carpet thing, there's a little little area set up, and um, right next to next to Kim is this person doing sign language for the entire conversation. I'm going to use my go-to comment for the sign language explosion in our culture and just say, what are we doing here, people? When did this become such a thing at every speaking engagement? There's like 3% of the population with varying degrees of hearing impairments out there. Closed captioning works just fine, people. Can we pump the brakes on all these sign language interpreters? All right, all right, sorry. Sorry, Juice. I know, go ahead, go ahead. Get back to the clip. Well, um, I, th- I think a lot of um, people honestly have kind of uh, labeled what I, what I stand for and what Sam stands for as uh, religiously uh, not cool. And uh, I personally grew up wondering about religion and wanting to be a part of it, but then slowly realizing it doesn't want me to be a part of it. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a take on uh, not being able to choose religion and not being able to, you know, live the way that people might want you to live. Um, because, uh, you know, as a trans person, I'm kind of already not a want-it in, uh, in religion. So we were doing a take on that, and it was kind of hellkeeper Kim. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it was so incredible that Madonna introduced it because Madonna is such a uh, pr- provocative and uh, groundbreaking artist. Um, uh, and I, I think Sam and I definitely felt very inspired by Madonna in this one. So little Timmy grew up curious and wondrous about religion, and he said he wanted to be a part of it until he realized that religion doesn't want him to be a part of religion, right? Are we sure that that wasn't the other way around there, folks? Something tells me that when Tim heard Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, he was uh, pretty much out on religion at that point. That text reads, quote, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. End quote. I think if Tim heard that one, he decided at that point, nah, this religion thing's not really for me. I think it's safe to say that you know, Timmy and his parents didn't want to be a part of religion. They just wanted religion to tell them what they wanted to hear. And it doesn't work that way. No healthy relationship works that way at all. I try and critique this show a lot. I ask Ashley, I ask Juice all the time about stuff that, that takes that we have, you know, some of the stuff that we, that we map out. And 
how good would that do me in the show and you in the audience if they just told me, yeah, great, awesome, everything's great. That's what you want to hear? Great, you're great, it's awesome. Keep it up. No, that doesn't work that way. That's why I love it when I get a text from an awesome cousin of mine telling me, eh, didn't really love that segment last week. That's okay, that stuff's great. And I need that because that's going to make me better at what I do. So we shy away from that stuff in general with people because it's always an awkward conversation to have. It's tough. But that's what Timmy was faced with with religion. And he got told something he didn't want to hear and and turned it into religion doesn't want to accept me. So I'm going to be done with religion. That's that was his conclusion to that. Tim also said that the song is a take on not being able to choose religion and not being able to live the way people want you to live. Well, he's clearly missing the point that the big picture with organized religion, Kim Tim looks at religion as a bunch of people trying to tell her him what she, he can and cannot be. And Tim decided to say, screw you bigoted religious zealots. I'm going to go out and chop off my own penis, get a boatload of plastic surgery and stop parading around as a woman instead. I'll show you guys a woman that is going to openly embrace and advocate for worship of the devil. So not just say no to the religion. I'm also going to go out and advocate for the exact opposite of religion. Isn't that what the devil's all about? You don't need to listen to this guy trying to tell us what to do. I'm going to go stop my own thing where I can do anything I want, whenever I want, however I want to do it. Indulge in all my fantasies, all my, you know, vices in, in everything that I want without a care in the world. I think Tim Kim clearly embraced that message from Satan. So I think it's pretty much established that Tim clearly doesn't believe that God exists because Kim blames the people that helped teach God's message as the, quote, religion that didn't accept him as a trans woman. And again, those people are just teaching God's word message. He thinks he needs to get acceptance from those people. No, he needs to straighten it out with God. That's what he's missing. If Tim, if Tim took the time to know God and to understand God's will, then Tim would have been able to simply realize that God created Tim as Tim for a reason. Instead, Tim decided to listen to that slithering, talking snake who handed him an apple from the forbidden tree. And that is the only thing that Tim Petrus has ever done that would make him the same as a woman. So for all of these reasons, and I'm sure many, 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 many more, Kim Petrus and you, Sam Smith, the two white males who earn themselves awards and praise from the left for living their truths and going out for the marginalized groups out there in society. You guys have both earned yourselves one big, fat, classic. Come on, man. And that's the show for today. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Please, please, please subscribe to the show and give us a big thumbs up and a five-star rating. And I guess I have nothing else to say to you guys today except... Thanks for having me. The Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.